the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game. Plus, a 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. And don't forget to download the SGPN app, home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. Welcome into the NBA Gambling Podcast. I am back. I'm in the driver's seat yet again, twice this week. I am Terrell Furman Jr. I am on a heater coming off a 2-0 day, hitting my lock and my dog. Moonoff also hit his lock and his dog. We'll talk about that in a second. But with me today, I don't have Moonoff. Moonoff is off frolicking, doing whatever Moonoff does when he's not recording this show. And I have my main guy, my brother, Scott Rochelle. Scott, our team sucks. Yeah, our teams are not very good. I know both of you went undefeated, uh, so that's definitely solid. I almost went undefeated on the Probcast. I had a pretty bad beat there with giddy rebounds, but I went 2-1. and one. I will admit, though, that one of the players on your team is now one of my new favorite players because my <laughs> best bet was Kemba under 10.5 points, and he put up a goose egg. So I Never definitely like what he's doing for the team right now. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Man, just a, a quick recap of what Moonoff and I did on the pod yesterday. I locked up. Who did I lock up? Okay, I'm having a brain fart. Now I got to. Whoever it was, they won. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, yeah, I locked up Memphis. Duh. I faded the Knicks. It was so easy. Just fade the Knicks and you're, you're golden. So I faded the, Miss, the Knicks, locked up Memphis, minus four. That cashed easily. And then my dog, I had to sweat for this one for a majority of this game, but Orlando Magic on the money line come in at the end, and Jamal Mosley fouling up three, forcing them to shoot free throws. And he did it twice. He did it twice in the last 30 seconds of the game. I mentioned that on the Slack channel. Immediately up my power rankings. Just shooting up yes. the coaching ladder 100%. there. I, it's amazing it how many coaches, especially in college, just don't foul. And you see it go to overtime all the time. Mm-hmm. As a gambler, mm-hmm. you're just yelling at the TV, foul the guy. And yes. they did it twice. 
It was a one-point game that they won, but uh, Indiana made a three-pointer at the buzzer, so they really won by four. But nice job by Orlando. Carter was great. He had, what, 19 and 18, I think? Yeah, something like that. It was amazing. Yeah, so was definitely good, good for them. And, uh, Wagner was good. Gary too. Harris had twenty off the bench playing in Indiana. He talked about it after the game that you know he's played in that stadium so many times, uh, Big Ten championship in that stadium, a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'll tell you yeah, what, though, I, I I know that you're never actually rooting for an injury quickly, but I know that Indiana had Isaiah Jackson who had his point prop at fourteen and a half. Yep, he played less than thirty seconds. Yep, and then he Cashed got injured. under. So, Cashed under. Yeah, uh, of course you don't root for injuries, but that was probably the easiest winner the entire day in any sport. Oh, absolutely. Nah, I don't know. Kimball was probably easier because you got to watch it. At least you got to watch him. Okay. You got to watch an air ball, an air ball, a mid range jumper. That was that was better. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair point. So, all right. Moon off. He locked up the Lakers. He had to sweat for that one. Jesus Christ, the Lakers are so bad, man. <laughs> they are so bad. But he really had to. There's no reason he should have had to sweat that game. But he had to sweat that one until the end. The Lakers pull away, get the win and the cover. And his dog. He had his Houston Rockets, who got the win against Cleveland. Cleveland. Jared Allen was early foul trouble. Evan Mobley got in some foul trouble. They were never really in this game at all. Uh, the thing was, it was a really weird game because you know that based on where the spread was located, Houston's usually getting, well, at least from a team like Cleveland's caliber, eight or nine points at home, yep. maybe more, and the spread was close. So you can tell that Cleveland right now is clearly struggling without Garland, who's running the show, because when you mm-hmm. throw in Goodwin back there as pretty much your only true guard in your starting lineup, Okoro is technically a shooting guard, small forward type, but as an actual facilitator, Goodwin had eight assists. He was pretty much your only guy. So with no true point guard, Cleveland's offense struggled. I'm surprised Rondo only played 15 minutes. I know he's a bit cooked at this point. I figured he would play more, though, just as a true facilitator. But it wasn't even a Kevin Porter Jr. game. I mean, I know that he No, it wasn't. That was the angle. Fucking Jalen Green. It's not about you, Jalen Green. God damn it. It is not about you. He's, he's over here facilitating getting Jalen Green going because he's in a shooting slump. And I'm like, Kevin Porter, no, it is not about him. It's about you. You have your moment. Uh, he still catches points props. So I guess, you know, the ladder, if you did the ladder correctly, you should be even on the day. But, oh, it could have been a very special day for us. It really could have. Either way, though, good for Houston. It was the first home win in about, I don't know, two months, a month and a half, two months. So good for them. Yeah, yeah very much so. All right, real quick, before we get it, break down this slate, let me talk to you guys. We're having a jersey giveaway. So I want, we want to show appreciation to all the loyal listeners of the NBA Gambling Podcast. I appreciate everything y'all are saying to me on Twitter. I'm getting a lot of love on Twitter from a lot of different people, just saying how they're doing so much better in their bets. They're tailing me. And, you know, when we cashed those two big dogs against the Utah Jazz, it was a lot of love there. So we want to appreciate – we appreciate all y'all. We're having a giveaway for an NBA jersey of your choice – Again, you can get an NBA jersey of your choice. If you want a Ben Simmons jersey, you can get that. You can absolutely do that, and I think the company would prefer that because it would probably be the cheapest option for us. So this is how you do it. Leave a five-star rating and review. Shoot, you can leave any leave any, any rating and review. If you don't think we five stars, don't give us five stars. I don't need five stars, but I prefer five stars. I would, but, hey, talk your shit. So leave a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast screenshot that rating and review and then go onto Twitter and tweet that at our Twitter at SGPN NBA. 
That's at SGPN MBA. And that will enter you into the contest. We're going to run the contest for a couple of weeks, and then we're going to have a drawing and see who won the jersey. So everybody, make sure you do your ratings and reviews, tweet that picture to us, and you'll get the opportunity. And if you already done a rating or review for us, then, well, you can do another one. That's fine. You can do another one. But if you don't want to do another one, just screenshot that old one, and we'll still enter you in the contest. So please, 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 we have a grand total of one entry. So that person is going to get a jersey. If y'all don't participate in the contest, make sure you're participating in the contest. So, again, leave a rating and review. Five-star rating, mm, I preferred. But leave a rating and review. Screenshot. Tweet it to us at SGPNMBA. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the slate before we start ranting again, and then we make this another two-hour pod. Well, I, I got to interrupt because I feel like we need to at least have a discussion. It might not be a rant, but I do want one quick – when I say quick, it could turn into 30 minutes, but we, I feel like there's something <laughs> we've got to talk about. Okay. There's something we got to talk about, and I'm sure you know where I'm coming from, but mm-hmm. as a Nets fan, I'm not even trying to be biased. There's mm-hmm. really one storyline from yesterday's action. Yeah, it is. About. So – I think you'd agree since this, since this is an NBA podcast, we got to talk about it. James Harden scored four points against the Sacramento Kings last night. And there's multiple directions you can go on mm-hmm. why he played like trash, what's going mm-hmm. on. But I'll give my rant in a second. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to hear your thoughts. What do you think's going on with Harden? Are you blaming him? Are you blaming Kyrie? What exactly do you think is going on? So, I don't want to blame him or Kyrie because I don't necessarily think it's either one of their faults. First, I think he is injured. I think he's battling something. Okay. And knowing James Harden from what we've seen James Harden in the past, he's really, really not good when he's battling an injury. He needs to be healthy. He doesn't, he's not one of those guys that can just go in there, play injured, and, you know, be crazy. Like, he's, if he's battling something, you can see it in his play. But I truly do think that – and I did kind of question it when they brought him in because it's like now he and Kyrie are playing next to each other. Granted, you have KD, you have Kyrie, and you have James Harden, so you're not going to turn that down. I understand that. But you have to understand the ramifications of your actions and that we're not 100% certain that these two know how to play each other with the playing style that they have. And, you know, KD has shown that he's able to adapt when he went to Golden State. And even then, Golden State still made him the guy. And even then now, he's the guy. But now you take, Kyde, Kyde, uh, now you take KD out of that, and now it's Kyrie and James Harden. So it's like these guys are – they just look awkward. They just look awkward when they're out there. And it just at some point it just feels like all right your turn oh my turn your turn my turn your turn okay all right cool like and so I think that's a piece of it he talked about he doesn't know his role with this team before and with all that being said you still can't go two for eleven zero for five from three that's ridiculous like that is ridiculous sir <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck is going on with that man but that is where I think part of it lies with those two things right there so. I do think that he's battling an injury. I'm not going to say that Harden's 100% because he's clearly not. Mm-hmm. But the effort level on defense, which is never there, let's be real. We know that defensively he's never going to care. Mm-hmm. Even offensively, it looked like he mentally checked out last night. Whether it involved a back-to-back after a physical game against Phoenix, whether it involved just trying to get his teammates going, and that's why he had 12 assists, mm-hmm. it looked like how he 
was playing in Houston before he abandoned ship. Uh, <laughs> it really looked like he was. The truth is, based on all the rumors about how him and Kyrie haven't gotten along, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's been playing like pretty much garbage for a decent, I don't want to say a decent amount of the season, but he's had so many games where it just looks like he doesn't want to be there. And I don't even mean with the Nets. I mean on a court. It yeah. looks like for some of these games, just you can tell even though his effort level has always been, I'd say, on the lower end defensively, which is where most of the problems definitely show themselves, uh-huh. it looked like he was going through the motions last night. Uh-huh. And in terms of intensity, it was about a 1 out of 10. And that can't fly, especially without Durant. Now they've lost six in a row. You're playing Sacramento following a loss. It's one thing if you beat Phoenix and then you end up having a no-show the game after because you yeah. proved that you were able let to... Down spot. Let yeah, down let spot. down yeah. spot, stuff like that. But you lost the game. And now you have a good chance to bounce back against one of the worst teams in the league on the road. And you're winning a decent amount of it, even though Kyrie and Harden both can't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Claxton goes for a double-double with 20-something points. Even James Johnson had 18 yeah. points. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And he's awful. <laughs> He had 18 points, and you still lose. You got gifted 30 to 40-something points from Claxton and James Johnson, and you still lost to Sacramento. But I do think part of it has to coincide with the rumors that he doesn't want to be there because the more I watch him play, it doesn't look like – it's not even just him, but nobody looks happy to be there. And I'm not sure if that's because solely of Kyrie and Harden's dynamic or they both don't know how to play together. But Kyrie looks miserable out there with Harden on the court at the same time. And Harden looks miserable with Kyrie out there at the same time. So I do think that there is something growing there in terms of discourse, that these guys just Mm -hmm. don't like being on the court together. Of course, with KD being out, that's not going to (laughs) help. Yeah, at all, because now they have to lean on each other. The Nets are a six seed right now, which is embarrassing for the super team moniker that they have. It's better than the Lakers, but I digress. I do think that mm, barely. It, it's a sign. Well, the Lakers are, what, the nine right now? The eight right now? Yeah, I think they're eight. That's the point. They're both, they've both been failures this year, but the Nets have yep. been slightly better. But mm. I think the one point I do want to make about this thing, it's kind of twofold. It's got to be about his comments post game for Harden because – they just annoyed me. The comments just annoyed me because his main, I'd say, catchphrase of the actual post game was, we've done enough talking, it's time to act. Oh, no, I did see that somewhere. Okay. You scored four points. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Like, I, I don't understand what he – it's one thing if you drop 35 and then you say, listen, we got to work on this. Other guys got to pick it up. You know, we got to work on it. It's fine. But how are you supposed to give a motivational speech to your team right after having arguably the worst game of your entire career? You scored four points. It was two points through three quarters against the Sacramento Kings team that is the second worst defense in the league. You're supposed to turn around and tell your teammates, we got to work on this. Look in the mirror, man. 
if you're going to make this statement, at least have a good game before making the statement. Four points. I mean, I made a meme about it where it was, if you mean for a throwback cartoon guy, it was like SpongeBob when he was the hall monitor and he's just looking for who caused the entire damage, but it was uh-huh. himself the entire time. Like that was the uh-huh. joke of the episode. This is hard. This is hard and going, who did this? Why is the team playing like trash? And it's just a wanted poster of Harden behind him. This is what I'm noticing. So that whole post game annoyed me because it showed a ton of, let's just say, lack of self-awareness. What do you think about that? Because I don't know how you can sit there with a straight face and tell your team we have to act on being better when you drop four points against the Sacramento Kings. I ain't got nothing for it. I forgot. I, I just, that, that it was, was crazy there. to me when I heard that. We got it. We, I, we, you had four points. You work on it. You figure it out. You're getting paid thirty to forty million dollars. That is, we got to figure that it is, out. That is, that is a situation where he said, "I got to play better. I got to figure it out. I got to play better." Even yeah, though he knows the, the entire team there. sucks. Yeah, even though he knows the entire team sucks. At that situation, that is a point where you got to be like, "All right, I, I got to play better." I got to. But play this is going to go into my last second. Just rant about Harden here, because some of it has to do with how he left Houston. Some of it has to do with how he's complained in the past about rostered actual, I'd say, coordination, how he's gotten multiple mm-hmm. people thrown out before. I think of Dwight Howard, for example. I think of him forcing himself out of Houston, for example, even before he potentially forced Chris Paul out of Houston because that partnership did not work out. And, of course, I never met James Harden, so I don't know him personally, or I don't know mm-hmm. much about his actual personality. But from what I can tell in his entire career – I'm going to have to roast him quickly. I think he's a loser. And I think that his play style and his attitude for his entire career is extremely, let's just say, consistent and not in a good way. I think that he's the kind of person who, when things go badly, complains. I don't think he makes his team better. I think that if he's the best player on a given team, you are going to lose a lot of meaningful games. Because we've seen him time and time again, no show in the playoffs. We've seen him complain about roster makeup, and we've seen him abandon defense on multiple occasions pretty much his entire career. And yet, the more that I've watched Harden the last couple of games, I think the Nets actually might need to consider getting rid of him. And I know Kyrie's a part-time player, and that's a distraction in itself. But the fact of the matter is the Nets with Harden on the court without KD have been brutal this year. And Kyrie, mm-hmm. even when playing in a part-time role for the last couple of weeks, somehow managed to almost be Golden State in Golden State with no KD yeah. and no Harden. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think Kyrie's the problem. Because Kyrie in that one game, I know he shot really well in a, against a team that he virtually owns. But still, mm-hmm. Kyrie, with a bunch of basic scrubs around him, took Golden State with Klay Thompson playing, Wiggins playing, and Kyrie and uh, Curry playing to the brink. And I know for a fact Harden would have lost that game by 20. I don't know if you agree with my assessment on him being a loser, but he's had numerous issues his entire career. I think first thing I think of is the massive 
39-point blowout loss to San Antonio in the playoffs back in 2017, where his team mm-hmm. got eliminated against the Spurs with no quai, by the way. They mm-hmm. lost by 39, and about six hours later, he was spotted at a strip club. I think of that. <laughs> I think of the elimination game stats. I think of even the game that they won against Oklahoma City, where they ended up, it was the Dort game, and the Rockets even won, except for the fact that in that game, Harden shot, I believe it was, what was it, three for 17? He's had so many just awful playoff (laughs) games and so many games where he just completely no-shows and then complains about the people around him. I get that he's a very talented player, historically speaking, but in game sevens in his career, I'll throw out last year because he was injured, he battled. I'm not going to blame him for that. So throwing out those, he's averaging 24.3 points per game on 40.8% shooting. In 19 elimination games, excluding last year, he's averaging 23.8 on 41.5% shooting. And my question is, by the way, in that, in that OKC game in the bubble, he went four for 15. Is he a guy that you can trust in playoff games? Because I don't. Uh, Do you trust him when the game's on the line? Oh, when the game's on the line, no, absolutely no. not. But but I feel like he, I feel like he'll have he'll have his moment. I, he's is, he, at this point, he's a good scorer of the basketball. Like he's a tremendous scorer of the basketball. But I just at mentioned the, the playoff day. numbers in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah the play, matters, yeah. So the playoff numbers, yeah, yeah, the playoffs are a different thing. And I mean, it's it's happened too many times. And he was injured last year, so I really don't – I really can't say anything with him in Brooklyn. He was injured last year. Yeah, that's why I, I threw last year out. I'm this giving, is I'm MO right now. This is MO right now, and it's been people before that we said that, you know, you have to show us. Like, for a long time, until last year, Chris Paul had to show us that he could stay healthy in the playoffs for us to say that he was, you know, making that next level. We always yeah. respected Chris Paul and said Chris Paul was really, really good, but we was like, yo, you got to finish a playoff series, man. Mm. You had to. And I feel like that's why the truth is the more that I thought about it last night for me was the tipping of the iceberg. If I was going to get rid of Kyrie or Harden during the off season, Mm -hmm. I was leaning to get rid of Kyrie. I think you got to get rid of Harden. I I think you got to do it. I just don't know what his future holds with this team. And if you sign him long-term and he continues to just do nothing on defense for an entire regular season, and then you know when playoff time comes, he's going to shoot 38% from the floor. I don't know how you trust him to win big games. Kyrie, at least I know, will show up. For the one NBA Finals against the Warriors, just by that series alone, he's mm-hmm. one of the clutchest players of all time. Just for that one series alone. <laughs> he really is. Like, that's really it. Is. <laughs> you can talk about the other series that he had leading up to that or the other years with, with – uh, Like, the two, when, with he got, when, he, when they went up 2-0 against uh, Milwaukee and then yeah. lost four straight. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty much. But it's that one series. That one series is what we talk about. It's the one series <laughs> where you just knew that for that period of about three weeks, oh he was one God. of the clutchest <laughs> players to ever touch a basketball. Oh, my God. He has one of the biggest shots of all time. Like, that that alone, the corner sidestep three against Curry in game three yeah. is one of the clutchest shots of all time. But oh I guess man. my counterpoint is that that's Kyrie's playoff legacy, whether it's one series or not. My question for you, which is embarrassing, but I have to ask it. Harden's been in the league for over a decade. What's the clutchest shot he's ever made? 
Is it a regular season over? Is it a regular season overtime game winner against Golden State? I think that's all he's got. <laughs> is that all he has? I can't remember one <laughs> huge playoff basket he's ever made. Ready can to you? win money and boost your odds. <laughs> can, I'm just saying, can you? Oh my god! I feel like I'm eviscerating the guy, but I have to. Have has, tears, has anything that I've said been wrong? Eyes. This is so funny. I have tears in my okay. But has anything that I've said been wrong? <laughs> you can just tell me that. We'll end it on that note. No. Have I been wrong no. about anything that I've said? No, you have not. Okay, thank you. you. Have, that's, I'll, that's I'll end it on that. Crazy thing. <laughs> Can you stop laughing? Oh my gosh, I have tears in my eyes. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and coming soon to Louisiana. We are bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet is now beginning pre-registration for the state of Louisiana. Place a $10 bet. Regardless of the outcome, you will receive $250 in free bets when WinBet goes live in Louisiana. All other new customers have a chance to get $200 in free bets with the same $10. Don't forget about all the props that will be available on WinBet during the Super Bowl. The best part is you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. That's WYNNBet.com. There are never enough things to gamble on. And one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid for real cash prizes, pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And don't know anything about horses? Look, I don't know anything about horses. Nothing at all. Nothing. I just know that there's one guy that gives his horses a bunch of drugs and he continues to win all the time. And then when he doesn't give them drugs, he still wins. Regardless, he's the GOAT. He's like the Tom Brady of horses. I don't even remember his name, but he's really, really good. Bob Baffert. Because I know nothing. Oh, Bob Baffert. That's his name. Yeah, that is. I knew it was something like that. I knew it was Bob something. Either way. Not to worry. This app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at stapleduel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you could pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. 
Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals versus the Rams. Hey, we got to play a Thrive lineup. Like, we got to play a Knicks game in a Thrive lineup and then oh, just gosh. fade all of, all of Kimba's stats. Mm-hmm. And, if, ooh, and if we get lucky and we get an Evan Fournier trash game too, we could fade both of them. That's like six. That's six of the 10 stats right there. We could fade. Man, look, I'm about to get, I'm about to get back on front Thrive right now for the next Knicks game. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value of over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points to, sh- to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game that is $25 to enter, and first place takes home $20,000. Use promo code SGP when you sign up today, and you will receive a 100% instant, deposit for, ooh, instant first deposit match for $100. Deposit ten dollars and receive more, and receive the match plus two free hundred thousand dollar contest entries. Not one, but two. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Google Play Store by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Okay. I'm just now like that during that whole live read. I was trying to wipe tears from my eyes because. That was literally the hilarious, absolutely hilarious. And now I can't rant because Scott took our, we have like a quota of amount of minutes we can use for a rant during this episode. And Scott used all of them and it was a hundred percent worth it. hundred percent. Absolutely. hundred percent. Okay. Next time. <laughs> we, can take, we can alternate that's how we're going to cut the yeah show. yeah it's that's how we'll do it. And that's yeah, how, yeah, we can, we both can't do it in one episode. That's literally an hour of time right there. Mm-hmm. All right. First game of slate, the Minnesota Timberwolves. My Minnesota Timberwolves, because fuck the Knicks. My Minnesota Timberwolves are traveling on the road to play the Detroit Pistons. Minnesota, I see the line at seven. And, ooh, dang, my total went down. Whatever. It's seven. Minnesota's on the road. They're playing Detroit. Let's look at the injury report here. For Detroit, they have... Jamarco Pickett, he is out. Josh Jackson is questionable for this game. Kate Cunningham is questionable for this game. I think he's going to play, though. And then we know Isaiah Livers is out as well. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, we have Josh Okogie. He is questionable for the game. Patrick Bailey is day-to-day. I think he's questionable as well. And then uh, D'Angelo Russell is still – well, he's questionable for the game. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's questionable for the Pistons, so he may come back from that lower leg strain. We have 229 on the total. This total opened up at 225 and a half. It is all the way up to 229 now. Scott, Minnesota might be – aside from we know the Suns, and the Hawks have been really hot recently, and I think Toronto's getting heating up a little bit. Minnesota is probably one of the hottest teams in the league right now still, though, because Carl Anthony Towns is playing like a man possessed. He is not afraid of anybody right now. He is literally taking his matchups, and he is absolutely dominating teams right now. As like, it's just it's astronomical. Yes, he's – so Cat is – and it's just because he's soft, but Cat is one of the few true unguardable players in the NBA. He really is. And now he's out there playing like he knows he's unguardable. Like, there's so many times. And that's where my frustration was, was with Cat 
for a large majority of his career because he it was like he never knew he was unguardable. It's like he never knew. And he would just, you know, kind of play soft or, you know, get the double team and just like, oh, I got to pass out of it. And just I think, the, I think the word you're looking for is passive. He's been too passive. Yeah, very passive. Very, very passive. There we go. That's a great word. Passive. Very, very passive. Now, this motherfucker aggressive. <laughs> he's going to let you know I'm the best player on the court. So how are you playing this line? They're getting seven. Well, they're laying seven. For me, I'm taking Minnesota because I know you said that you think Cunningham's not going to play. Uh, you think he's going to play. Mm. I'm not sure about that one. I think there might be a chance that Kate does not play because okay. it wasn't even the fact that his hip is now bothering him and that's a bit new. But it's the fact that he didn't return. It's the fact that they mm. were in a very close game against New Orleans. I know New Orleans stinks and Detroit's not exactly playing for anything. But anytime yeah. you have a win, the Pistons throw a parade. So yeah. you have a shot to win a game there. Cade plays 21 minutes, injures his hip, and doesn't return. So I am wondering if the hip pointer issue is a bit more serious than people are making it out to be. I'm not saying, mm. of course, that it's going to hold him out for a while. But I do think there is a chance Detroit just keeps him, let's just say, from playing less than 100% because they got nothing to play for and because he's clearly the future of the team. So do I think that Cade's automatically going to play in this game? No. I think there's a decent chance he misses. Now, is there a decent chance D'Angelo Russell misses? Maybe. I'm not saying that he's going to play too. But I've seen Detroit play without Cade being just elite or at least playing the way that he has the past month. It's not pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Minnesota because I think that if you had to give me a a percentage on Cade playing, Mm -hmm. it might be 50-50. It might even be 45% playing. So I'm going to be willing to gamble on Detroit missing its best player because Jeremy Grant is still obviously out. I'm going Minnesota. Give me the better team against an opponent that, in my opinion, has a decent chance of being without its best player. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all over Minnesota here as well. In the past two games, and even well, whether Cade plays or know, not, or only if Cade does not play, I like him whether he plays or not. Okay. I, li- I like Minnesota whether he plays or not. And you know, I said Minnesota's the hottest team. Yes, I know they're three and two over the past five games, but the two games that they lost were to the Warriors and to the Suns, and they were in that game for majority of those games. They're over five hundred. So, <clears throat> Have a parade. Yeah. they're fifty games. O- they're fifty yeah. games in. They're over. Yeah, that's really, that's really, really good. And it alludes to what I'm seeing from Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is playing like a man possessed right now, a man that knows he's unguardable and unstoppable, and he's being aggressive every single game, night in, night out. And now you add that you have Anthony Edwards there who can go out there and get his own bucket. You have a lot of very good role pieces. Even if D'Angelo Russell doesn't play in this game, you still have Malik Beasley who can come in and give you 20 points if needed. I'm a big so, Vanderbilt guy, by the way. Yes, Vanderbilt is – he plays tough every single yeah. night. He plays absolutely tough. And so I think th- this game goes skyrocketing over total. And it's indicative in the line, in the line going up. Everybody's betting over for good reason. I feel Minnesota like Timbles. since – yeah, sorry. I, I, I agree about the total. Mm-hmm. I think my point is that if you think the game's going over, do you ever yep. visually just imagine – the Pistons scoring more than 110 points in a basketball game? No, no. But I, I can see Jerome Grant dropping 30 tonight. 
I, I feel like I the point him, I was trying I to make is that giving them thirty tonight. I think the point was if you were going to picture a high scoring game or at least a game that flies over the total. Yeah. Then I'm kind of just expecting Minnesota to drop one twenty five, one thirty. Oh no, they're hundred percent going to get into the one one twenties, one thirty range. So the point I'm is, I don't think Detroit good. can keep up. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely won't. They definitely won't, but I definitely think they'll be in the 120, 130 range, and I think Detroit probably maybe ekes into 110, somewhere around there, because I really do think Jeremy Grant's going to have a game today. I don't think that anybody is going to have be able to slow him down by themselves, and I doubt they really focus too hard, too hard, too much to throw a double team at him. Maybe once he starts getting high, they they change up and decide, hey, we got to really focus in and key in this guy and slow this guy down, especially if it's a close game at that point. But I do think he has a really, really good good game today. He's been very good since coming back with that injury. Uh, in that game against New Orleans, he had uh, 17 points in that first game, shot 50% from three, 46% from the field. It was pretty good, pretty good outing. I think he has a really good game here. And because I don't think anybody on Minnesota has the ability to stop them. And that's indicative of how shitty their defense has been during this time. It's just the fact that the offense can score and the offense can score in bunches. Yeah. So what's up? I was just going to say quickly that even though I agree that Grinch is a matchup problem for Minnesota, he's only played one game since December 11th. Mm -hmm. Are we sure he's not going to be on any minute restriction here? Because 29 Sounds close to what his ceiling might be for this game. Maybe low 30s. But if Cade might not play and Jeremy Grant's on a potential minute restriction after missing about two months because of injury, Mm -hmm. even though he's good, can you really back Detroit if they might be with one and a half of their best players or like one of their best players for a bit of a minute restriction there? Because I really just don't know how people can expect Detroit to hang around if you're penciling Minnesota in for 120-plus? So I think the key thing for Detroit, if they cover, it's going to be because Sadiq Bay and Frank Jackson killed the Minnesota Timberwolves from three. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to be in those two guys. It's because those two guys combined for some damn near 10 threes. And that's really what would keep them in the game. I'm going to fade that, and I'm going to say that they don't necessarily get there. But if I were to be on Detroit or if I am, if I do like Detroit and I do like Detroit in the seven, I would put it on Sadiq Bay and Frank Jackson's threes, and I would say that Jerome Grant was able to get whatever he wanted inside and put up a really big score against them. So I think you definitely have an opportunity for a lot of points here. However, I can't fade Minnesota right now. They just – you know, beat the Nuggets by 15. They beat the Jazz, even though the Jazz were depleted. They beat them by 20. So, I'm going with Minnesota minus seven. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, we're both on the over. I don't really think. I can't take it under when there's been this much steam, but I think I feel better on Minnesota's team total over as opposed to the actual full game over because if Detroit's missing a guy or two, including Cade, I really don't want to take it over with them regardless of how awful Minnesota's defense or how fast the pace is. But I really see Minnesota walking in and just scoring 120. I like that. I'll buy that. All right, next game on the slate, we have the number one, the hottest team, the best team in the NBA right now, the Phoenix Suns, traveling to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Hawks. Suns are laying four, 226 on the total. Let's look here at the injury report, see if anybody is out. 
So we have Trey Young with that shoulder. And I said, I talked about the shoulder the other day too. And I was like, oh, no. But he's a game time decision if he's going to play in this game or not. DeAndre Hunter is probable. He more than likely will play. And for the Phoenix Suns, who are getting healthier and healthier. They're so good. Jay Crowder is day to day. Landry Shaman is ruled out. That's an upgrade of my DeAndre. <laughs> I'm, I'm so anti DeAndre. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is probable. Cameron Payne is out. And that's about everybody that we we already know. Everybody else we know about done for the season more than likely. Okay. Well, this game is pretty simple to break down, but I'll ask you. Would you rather stand in front of Phoenix right now or would you rather stand in front of Atlanta right now? Because both these teams are playing really well. The difference is mm-hmm. Phoenix has played well the entire season. But no mm-hmm. matter who you're going against in this matchup, you don't feel that great because both teams have a chance to just put together a great performance because they're both talented. Yep. I'm looking at Phoenix. This might be my favorite team in the league. Like they they <laughs> yeah. just they play such an aesthetically pleasing style of basketball. They're just one cohesive unit that just kills people day in, day out. They smack the crap out of people and take no mm-hmm. prisoners. And with Trey Young being questionable, there's no way I can take Atlanta. I gotta go with Phoenix. If That's Young's playing, I can reevaluate. Yeah. But That's my I, thing. I, I can't if Trey Young might not play. I can't take them. That's my thing. I don't know what Trey Young's status is going to be. If Trey Young's in this game, I really do think Atlanta is is in the game. They only lost that last game because Trey didn't play. Yeah, they won seven straight before that. So, you know, they're battling to get back above five hundred. And you know, don't look now. We still have time for them to get above five hundred before All Star. Like I said, this is a huge game with the Suns coming into town. Like this is this is a a game where you look at yourselves and you say, hey, if we can beat these guys, you know, we we really can be on it. Like we really can spark this run. We really really can you know make this push back and get solidify a spot in the playoffs. Not just you know the playing game, but try to solidify a spot in the playoff. So this is tough. This this is tough because I I really like how the Hawks are playing right now, and Trey Young is ultimately going to be the factor. If Trey Young's playing, I'm going to take the Hawks in points. If because we've I've seen even though the Suns have dominated a lot of these games, I've seen games where they have let the team hang around for way too long that they have they should have, mm-hmm. and I instantly think of when they played a depleting Jazz team twice and they let the Jazz hang around twice. I think if you let if you let this Atlanta Hawks team hang around and you are the number one team in the league, they are going to make you pay for it. That's ultimately what my handicap is going to be. I'm just going to bet on Nate McMillan. I'm going to bet on the Hawks, and I'm going to bet on Trey Young being in this game. Because if they let the Hawks hang around like how they let the Jazz hang around, even when they played the Spurs, the Spurs were depleted. They let the Spurs hang around. If they let the Hawks hang around like that, the Hawks are going to go out here and get a money line win. So, national TV game. As of right now, I'm going to just go ahead and assume that Trey Young is playing, so I'm going to back the Hawks plus four. For me, I am going to take the opposite approach. I feel like since I do not know if Trey is Mm -hmm. going to play when we're recording this, I'm Mm -hmm. obligated to take Phoenix. 
Because yeah. if Young does not play, the line will probably go to what, seven? Oh, yes, it has to. He's so, worth three points. So the way I'm looking at it is that is Phoenix good enough to beat Atlanta with Trey Young in the lineup? Worst case scenario. I think yes. I think they're good enough. Do I think that if Trey does not play, does Atlanta have any shot to cover four? No. So I'm going to gamble and take the Suns minus four because if Trey does not play, I'm beating about a three-point line. Minimal. Okay. Okay. I think I had it. I had it opposite. I was like, if Trey plays, this line is staying the same, if yeah. not maybe shrinking a little bit. But if he doesn't play, I'm not afraid of getting a larger number with the Suns. Not, I'm not afraid of getting a seven or an eight and laying that with the Suns because I think that they'll beat him by 20 in that case. Okay. So I, I, I think that I'm getting a, a good value. And probably the best value I'll get on the Hawks now, so I'm willing to take it now. I'm just, I'm just doing the math. Out, yeah. yeah, I'm just doing the math in my head. Where if Young plays, it probably drops by half a point, maybe yeah. a full point. Yeah, but that way they still have a chance of covering that, even if Young plays. Mm-hmm. But we both agree Atlanta is going to get smacked if Trey does not play. Oh, absolutely. So I'll absolutely. gamble on it and I'll try to get myself an extra three points of value by taking it now. Yeah, I like that. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Chicago Bulls going to Canada, Toronto, to play the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors are favored by three and a half here in this spot. 222 on the to- 222 and a half on the total. For the injury report for the Toronto Raptors, we have... Uh, was about they're basically clean. Yeah, they're, bas- they're basically... Which is crazy. And I'll talk about that in a second. But it's, which is crazy because they're basically clean. And for the Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine is probable for the game. We know Derrick Jones Jr. is out. Lonzo, we know Lonzo. Yeah, we know Lonzo, Patrick Williams, and Crusoe. All those guys are out. But Zach Levine is probable, so it's looking like he's going to go. I want to take Chicago so bad. I'm nervous. Not going to lie. I'm nervous. Because Chicago's defense has been really bad with, you know, Crusoe, Lonzo. And out, out, and Toronto is one of the best defensive team, one of the best defensive teams in the league. But I cannot ignore the fact. First of all, wait, wait, second of all, let's rewind. Gary Trent Jr. is going crazy right now. Guys are walking bonkers. out of his mind, bonkers. Out, absolutely out of his mind, bonkers right now. Five straight games of thirty plus points, bonkers, but bananas, crazy. Now back to this. I cannot escape the fact of how thin this rotation has been and the fact that these guys have played three games, played four games in six nights. This is their fourth game in six nights. Quick knowledge of how funny the rotations off- are, by the way. We're, Nick Nurse yeah. is treating late January, early February like it's game five through seven of a playoff series. It's actually Literally. Really it's it's really absolutely funny. crazy. And so – we think about everybody Everybody in the starting lineup played 50 minutes when they had that three-overtime game and played well over 50 minutes. It was like around 55. Then they come back. Was that the next night? That might have been the next night. They had a day off, beat Atlanta. And then they yeah, they had a day off. Yeah, they did. They had a day off. And they then they, and then they had the back-to-back. Yeah. So three games and four nights, this is going to make four and six. So they come back after a day off. 
Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. both played 41 minutes. And then Fred Van Fleet, OG Anobi, and Scotty Barnes all play around 36, 39 minutes. It's so wild. So, it's so yeah, wild. so that's that's just that's, that's a crazy that's crazy right there. Then they come back on the back to back. They come on a back to back. And they play all the guys damn near 40 minutes again. Pascal Siakam had 35. OG Amnobi had 36. Scotty Barnes had 42. Fred Van Fleet had 38. And Gary Trent Jr. had 41 minutes. In this game, uh, Butcher and Achua were, second, were 6 and 7 at 18 and 19 minutes. And so... They're literally just running those guys into the ground. And this hat, I've been fading them because of this fact for a couple of games now. I fade them against the Hawks. And I truly think the Hawks would have ran them out the court if Trey Young was in the game. And then I fade them again against the Heat. And they were losing that game all the yeah. way up into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. Yeah. All the way up into the point where you think they would have been dog shit tired. They were losing that game all the way up until. So now they are making me so hesitant. So, so hesitant, laying points. Because I don't think they were – no, they, did they lay points against the Heat? I think No, the Heat were a dog. The Heat were a dog in that game. because they were I believe dog. the Raptors were laying, I want to say, one and a half in that game. Yeah, it was like – yeah, it was something. They were the favorite. But now they're laying three and a half. And I don't know if I can take them with that many with, – with those amount of minutes during this stretch, I have no idea I can take them. And then don't look now, but they are starting another back-to-back. How? How do I? How am I on the Raptors today? Yes, they are very, very good, a hundred percent. And I've been on record on saying this before. I'll say it again here: the Raptors are the team nobody wants to play in the East in the final in the playoffs. In the playoffs, the Raptors are the team nobody nobody in that one-two because more than likely they'll come in at seven or eight. Nobody wants to see the Raptors at all. They are literally crossing their fingers like, I do not want to play the Raptors in the playoffs. Because of the fucking minutes that they play right there, you know that you're going to play their best players the entire game. And their best players are really fucking good and apparently don't get tired at all. How am I not on the Bulls here? I like to imagine a situation where about two weeks ago, Nick Nurse just went into the locker room and said, do you guys want to make the playoffs or not? And they just said, we want to make the playoffs. And he just goes, all right, bet. You're, I'm all right, you got to play. You, you got to play every I'm playing minute. all of you 40 tonight. And then they're like, all right, we're going to keep winning, but, you know, I'm not going to be able to walk after. But that's the, that's, the, that's the scenario I'm imagining where everyone's complaining, like, you know, we got to win games. Like, do you guys want to actually make the playoffs? All right, cool, Vin. We'll end up playing you 47 tonight. <laughs> but that's what but I'm imagining. But and Van Fleet is nursing an injury. He yeah. was injured. It's working injured now. The They've won games. Yes, they have. And it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. But oh my God. I don't know how I can I just don't know how I can back them in this spot. That is so much. They are so taxed on minutes. Yeah. They the are mileage so is taxed on minutes. But it is a lot. I'm and DeMar DeRozan gonna, is coming yeah. back to Toronto. I'm actually going to take Toronto tonight. I'm you are? Do it. Oh my God. I'm, I'm at the point where I valued the I – I can't even say rest advantage, but it really was because Jimmy Butler did not play the game prior mm-hmm. against Boston. So I just thought Miami would mm-hmm. win. 
I actually had the under in that game. And then both teams shot 48%, and my under went up in flames. But I'm at the yep. point now where I've been so just – I've been expecting so much regression because of the lack of rest that I'm at the point where I'm fed up trying to expect regression because Toronto keeps winning <laughs> games. And I'm really just not sure at what point I got to abandon ship because they've just been winning a lot. And I'm looking at mm. Chicago. Record-wise, they've won four of five, including one yeah. win against Toronto about two weeks ago, or they won by six. But if you want to look at the last couple of results or the last couple of weeks from Chicago, including the last five, but also beyond that, they've really not been that good. To go through the actual mm-hmm. line here, they beat the Pistons mm-hmm. by four, what they beat them by? 46 points. After that, they played the Nets, they lost by 26 at home, played Golden State, mm-hmm. lost by 42 at home. Lost to the Celtics on the road, lost to the Grizzlies, beat the Cavs, lost to the Bucks, lost to the Magic, beat OKC by one, beat Toronto by six, lost to San Antonio by nine, beat Portland, and then beat Orlando by 11. But that was a tie game with four minutes to go. Chicago ended the game on an 11 0 run. Orlando did not score a point in the final five minutes of regulation. So that game was very close. (laughs) Chicago has not played well at all recently. Toronto, even though the crowd is not really there, has played well at home recently. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to take the Raptors because it seems like the Bulls recently have been a product of weak opponents, but they have really just not looked that good on the highway recently. I mean, you can go down the line. You lose to San Antonio by nine. I said before, you beat OKC by one. Lose to Milwaukee lose to the Grizzlies, lose to the Celtics. They lost to Dallas, the road game before that. So I, I don't have the math in my head. I can count it really quickly. I believe they're one in six in their last seven road games or something like that. I'm not picking Chicago. Mm-hmm. I can't. They're too bad on the road. But is this even a really a true road game with no fans? It's I think it is for travel. Time. You're still going to Canada. Well, yeah, travel. It's yeah, track. travel-wise, of, of course, but, you know. God damn it. If the Raptors if the Raptors cover this, then I won't fade them anymore. After the Heat game, I've decided to just but, stop fading them. I've had enough. No, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one? I, I, <laughs> this is dog. That literally those guys are probably living in ice baths until the next game. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That is a heavy workload. It's and it's it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's, Oh, man. Even for young people, that is like, oh, my gosh. Okay. No, I'm going to Bulls. Okay. I'm, I'm going to Bulls. They have to, they have to get it here. And ultimately, what it is is that I feel like if you can force Toronto, and I say this because even though they went into a high-scoring triple, triple overtime game, if you can force Toronto into a number of high, like a high-scoring situation, that is probably your best bet to win the game. Because when they – you know, hold you to points, and now you're begging to hold them to points, then mm-hmm. you're probably going to be short because they're probably still going to get close to 100 points. But if you can force them into a game where they're expected to put up 120 in regulation, then it's going to be a struggle for them. And they may get there, they may not. But the Bulls, I know, can put up 120 in regulation offensively. So I'll, I'll ride with the Bulls here. And I hope that if they blow a lead, they at least keep it under our possession. Is this a DeRozan game? 
I feel like I feel like every game going forward is a DeRozan Levine game. Well, I'm asking because they're in Toronto, games. so I'm asking if you think yeah, it's worth yeah, no, no, no. So I'm, I'm definitely yeah, no, I would definitely take a boost on him, but it's just the fact that him and Levine have so many games where they both can score thirty and not like they're playing so well together. This is how you would think Kyrie and James Harden would play together. That's how they're playing. And so I have I I honestly would rather bet them both to score 30 every night than the, to do the opposite. So yeah. yeah, I think he has a pretty good game tonight. I think For the record, by the way, DeRozan 30 points and Chicago winning is 5 to 1. Oh hell yeah. Oh hell fucking yeah. If you want to get wild by the way, DeRozan double double with Chicago winnings 10 to 1 if you want to get wild. Damn. It's possible. He's had a he's had a couple of good assists no, and he's he had a couple assist. good rebounding games. Yeah, he can get the assist. He he handles the ball a lot. He can get, Oh my gosh, you're putting bad things in my head. All right. Moving on to the next game. We have the aforementioned Miami Heat on the road going to San Antonio to play San Antonio Spurs. The line is currently sitting at four and a half. I don't know who's Total playing in this two, game. Total is two twenty one and a half. Do you know who's playing? I don't think anybody knows who's playing in this game. Yeah, uh, let's see what they have listed. So we have Caleb Martin's questionable, and PJ Tucker's questionable. Jim Butler's questionable. Kyle Lowry's still out. Well, he's questionable. No, so he's questionable. Yeah, he got upgraded to questionable. Then, yeah, and then we know Markeith Morris, Morris and Yomar. Omar Yosevin, they're still uh, out for duration of time. Where are we at with the San Antonio Spurs? And we have Jacob Poto is in the concussion protocol. He is not playing. DeJounte Murray is questionable. Doug McDermott is questionable. And Base Dop is out. Wow. I don't know who's playing. I got to go Miami blindly, don't I? If I don't know who's going to play, and I know Miami can actually win when they're missing a decent amount of good players. San Antonio, that DeJounte Murray, as far as I'm concerned, just shouldn't show up for the game because he's that valuable to the team. He's just so much better than everyone else around him on that roster. And I know people have talked about a Harden for Simmons trade or something. Mm -hmm. I'd call up San Antonio and just ask what it would take to get DeJounte. I'm that big of a fan mm. of his game. But yeah. I got to go with Miami because even though Butler's questionable, he's been questionable for a couple weeks. He's played anyway. He's played 40-plus minutes in the triple overtime game, 50-something minutes. He played a decent amount against uh, Toronto again the other night. Adebayo has been good. But I've seen Miami find ways to win games while missing a bunch of superstars. And Lowry might come back. Mm-hmm. The Spurs with DeJounte, the fact that he's on the injury list is concerning to me because he's been a pretty durable guy this season. Diop's mm-hmm. been okay as well. He's out. Pirtle's their main big man. He's out. Uh, Landel's out. So they're using a third-string center on Bam Adebayo, which is not exactly ideal for the situation. Yeah. I got to go with Miami because when push comes to shove, I think Spolstra might be the best coach in the league, and he finds ways yeah. to win games. So I'll go with Spolstra. Oh, 
I just hate getting the Miami lane points on the road. It yeah, it's not fun. It's back to bite me. It but. always, every time I lay points with Miami on the road, it always come to, comes back to bite me. I'll back Miami here. Do you want, I'm just saying, because, would you, even if you're listening to the podcast, would you back the Spurs with any chance of DeJounte not playing? Probably not. That's ultimately, and that's ultimately what it is. That's ultimately what it is. I, if I had confirmation that John St. Murray was playing, then I would, I would probably back the Spurs. I, I agree. wouldn't like it, but I would back the Spurs. I would back the Spurs blindly just fading Miami as a road favorite. But mm-hmm. if he doesn't go, I have to be on Miami. Have to. I'm on over. Home over for the Spurs. The Spurs are amazing at home to the over, and I'm just not going to fade that. That's, at this point, that's an auto bet for me. It doesn't matter who they play. It really doesn't. Let me pull up the actual stats so I can tell the people so they realize. So they are league best, 18-8-1 to the over. It doesn't matter who they play. They went over when they played the Warriors, and you know how hard that is. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and bet the Spurs. Uh over so well back the um team not team but the game over and i'm on the heat here minus four and a half anything else you have for this one i like the over as well uh this they we saw the spurs play without Dejounte, and that game against phoenix still landed 225 and phoenix has a top three defense in the league so they still scored 110 the spurs play up tempo they don't really play much defense I don't even know if it matters who's playing. I agree with you on the over. I, I feel like it's a spot where San Antonio at home especially, you yeah. usually see games get into the mid-220s minimum, occasionally yeah. 230, 240. Of course, Miami's a good defensive team. They play slow. I think Butler's going to play just because he's battled mm-hmm. through injuries recently, so I expect him to suit up. But I agree with you on the over. I got this line when I, I bet it already, by the way. I bet this line already, and I got the line at 217, and I felt like I was stealing. So it's well, it turns out you were because it's up to 221. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it's, I still think 221 is good. So, and I'm actually seeing a bunch of money coming in on the under. So, some reverse line movement there. Definitely mm-hmm. love it. The NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. January was prop swap's biggest month ever as bettors from across the country cashed in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Jamie from New York, who sold a $100 25-1 Super Bowl ticket for $1,000. The buyer got great odds and Jamie made 10 times his money. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real, bet, real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming to the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can enter their player prop pool, 
and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. And don't forget to, to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store, and it gives you easy access to all our free picks and podcasts. So don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, last two games on the slate, we have Golden State Warriors bringing in the Sacramento Kings, who are coming off of back-to-back. The Golden State Warriors are laying 13 and a half, 224 on the total. Sacramento on a back-to-back. After getting a win against the Brooklyn Nets, is there any more of a fade spot for them? I think Golden State's going to bury this damn team. I don't know how I'm not supposed to think that way. The Kings finally won a game. I got to assume they were partying. They finally won something. They They beat the Nets, you know? Nobody gave them a shot to win that game, even though the spread was actually surprisingly low for that one. But the Kings now play Golden State, who uh, Clay is finally playing well or playing better. Curry yeah, finally yeah, he's getting there. for a game. He's getting there. He had 40 the game prior. So Curry, I don't want to say he's past the slump, but he definitely had his best game in months last time out. Yeah. I, this game, especially if Fox does not play, I oh, have yeah, no idea how Sacramento keeps it close. I have no idea. Real quick. So on a bat to bat, the Sacramento Kings are four and six to the spread, two and eight to the over. Okay. So this under's gotta be that sounds like that feels like a lot. If they already struggle scoring points on a back to back and now they're playing the Warriors, who just take the game under like automatically. <laughs> Absolutely. Running through this injury report, Marvin Bagley the third is day to day. De'Aaron Fox, nothing – well, it's because he's, they had – they're on a back-to-back, so it's really nothing much for them. But maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. And then the Golden State Warriors, we have you here. They are going to be without Iggy for this game. They're going to be without – I don't even know how to pronounce my man's name. What's my uh, – Belinkia? Belinkia? Belinkia, yeah, I think that's – Belixa? Jesus Christ. Close enough. They got it. <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. is questionable for this game. Floor back tightness. Draymond Green, still no timetable for his return. James Wiseman, we know a story with that. All that being said, yeah, just going to take the Warriors. I'm not really going to handicap this at all. I mean, the Warriors can score on all three levels of the game. So, if anything, threes may be may not be at a premium in this game just because if Sacramento does anything decently is guard the three-point line but they just give up everything in the paint so expect a lot of in the paint points for the Warriors today uh maybe Clay Thompson can get going on the inside and get a lot of easy layups to the basket I could see that and I would buy his points prop just assuming that he gets a lot of easy layups to the basket because he loves the, they love running those plays for him and that'd be a good way to get him going 
But yeah, I, I have a hard time viewing the full game total, though, because the Kings are a terrible defensive team, and Golden mm-hmm. State might score 130. But you mentioned the over-unders on back-to-backs and the fact that yeah. without De'Aaron Fox, this team, besides Halliburton and a little bit of Buddy Heald, is completely mm-hmm. useless offensively. So I think the total can go either way because Golden State can do a bunch of the heavy lifting, but Sacramento could do nothing. Do you have any thoughts on the total? I feel like a team total is the better way to go if you want to actually bet a total in this one. So but, I actually just watched this line go up. I said 224 earlier, and now I said 224 and a half. So that'd be okay. interesting. Yeah, I, I think I like a team total. Okay. I would, I, would, I would play Sacramento's team total under. I'm not afraid of that. I'm really yeah. not. I don't think they get to 100 points. That would not surprise me. But, yeah, it's really – I mean, it's really not much to talk about. Sacramento's one of the worst teams in the league. Golden State's one of the best teams in the league. I would play Golden State first half. Mm-hmm. And then I do think at some point they just blow – like, they might blow this game open in the first half and then just cruise to an easy cover. But they can't, they can't blow it open in the first half because they have to outscore Sacramento by 30 in the third quarter. <laughs> they still might. They still might. Even with even if they had the backups, and they still might outscore them in the third quarter. All right. Yeah. Mm. That line movement for this total is weird. Why is it going up? If anything, it should be going down. I think they're just penciling Golden State in to score 125, 130 points. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. All right. Whatever. Moving on to. In the next national televised game, and actually the snooze fest that I'm not looking forward to at all. But and it's crazy to say that, but the Los Angeles Lakers are not traveling anywhere because they're playing the Los Angeles Clippers in the same stadium. We we have the Clippers are favored by three and a half. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> they're favored by three and a half, two twenty on the total. I say it's ridiculous that they're favored by three and a half, but I don't blame them. I don't because the Lakers suck. And Ty Lue is doing amazing coaching this Clippers team up right now. But So I, I've been waking up earlier in the day and watching more and more in the games instead of kept live, watching them live, instead of catching them during my work day when everybody sleep, the rerun on the Armed Forces Network. And the thing I keep, like, that frustrates me so much about the Lakers is they literally just give up whatever you want in the paint. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want in the paint. Because Anthony Davis hates being the five so much that he would rather go out on the perimeter and guard a guard than to do rim protection in the paint. Is absolutely hilarious. Like, it's comical because I'll just watch them give up so many points in the paint and then remember that Anthony Davis is on this team. <laughs> and they still it just happens because he does he refuses to hang out down there. So nonetheless, somebody's gonna go off because they get a whole bunch of easy back baskets for the Clippers. But with that being said, and with oh the Lakers are ninth, my bad. The Clippers are eighth, the Lakers are ninth. We we talked about that earlier, but they are ninth. I don't know how I pick a side because neither one of these teams I w- I don't want to lay points with the Clippers at all, but I'm terribly I'm terrified that the Lakers are just not in this game in the second half. 
I think based on principle, I got to take the points. Just because... Teams, just take the points. Yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. The Clippers, props to them, they're only one game under somehow. It looked like they were potentially going to blow it all up when Paul George got injured. But you look at the actual roster, and I know that there was a lot of team chemistry. They had the massive 30-plus point comeback against Washington. But on paper, this game does seem like a one-possession game late. And assuming AD is going to play on the second night of a back-to-back, which is always up in the air, but can the Lakers with a questionable Zubak actually guard Davis? No. No. So Davis should eat, and I think he can do enough to carry this team to at least a three-point loss. I'll take the three-and-a-half because the Clippers laying three-and-a-half just seems a bit disrespectful for me. I got to go with the Sounds Lakers disgusting. on principle. This should really be a pick. I think, it's, I should, I think it should be close. To pick a winner. You, should, you should force me to pick a winner. You shouldn't be giving me points. So, yeah, I absolutely take points. It's what, a home game for the Lakers? I mean, let's be real. It's like technically a home game. It for really the Clippers, is. No, it I mean, really is. It's just a different court. It's just yeah. a different court. It's absolutely a home game. And they just cover up their, their jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah, but the crowd you know is going to be minimum 60% it's all Lakers. Lakers. All Lakers. Yeah. I said I, minimum I 60. 75. Yeah, probably. All right. Lock and dog. Let's go ahead and close it out strong. Scott, what's your lock for the night? All right. So for my lock, I'm going to – Go back to actually the first game that we talked about. And I'm looking at a team total for the Grizzlies. Not for the Grizzlies, sorry. For the Timberwolves. And I'm going with the over. Uh, I think they're going to score 120-plus in this game. Team total for them right now is around 118.5. And if you look at how this team has been performing offensively recently, they've been really, really good. And I do Mm -hmm. think that Detroit, especially if Cade does not play, is going to be a mess defensively. Minnesota, their last couple of games, played against Denver, played against Utah. I know Utah's missing guys, but still a decent defensive team. Played against Phoenix and played against Golden State. They scored 115 against Golden State. Golden State has the best defense in the league. Scored 124 against Phoenix, who has the second best defense in the league. Utah, I don't really know what to evaluate there because they're missing so many guys, but they scored 126 in that one. And they scored 130 against Denver. And they took their foot off the gas in that game. But 118.5 for a team that scored at least 124 points in each of the last three games against three competent defenses, I got to take the over. The total's too low. And Cade is one of their best defenders for Detroit. If he's not playing, I don't know who can guard anybody. Talking about Detroit guarding Minnesota because they can't guard Towns. They can't guard Edwards. I don't really know what they're going to do. So I'm going with the team total over for Minnesota. I think they'll walk into 120. Okay, I like it. If and K doesn't for, play, by the way, I might look into some Edwards and Minnesota winning props. 30-plus points, couple threes, something like that, because I do think that Edwards is a serious matchup problem for this team. No, no, I like it. I love it. And for your dog? Uh, for my dog... I was thinking about doing the cop-out with the potential player prop, but I'm not going to do it. For me, I, I'm going to go with the Lakers. And okay. I cannot say that I'm confident in the dog actually winning the game because that involves expecting the Lakers to win a basketball game. But on principle, you can't give me three and a half here. Mm-hmm. It's an alleged home game. 
that doesn't really exist because most of the crowd will be Lakers fans. And I don't think with an injured Zubak, the Clippers have really anybody that can stop Anthony Davis. So if the Lakers have the best player on the court and a home court advantage and they're getting three and a half, I got to take it on principle. So give me the Lakers plus three and a half. All right. For my lock. I'm not afraid of the big number at all. Give me Golden State minus 13 and a half. I think they completely train wrecked the Kings. The Kings are in this letdown spot going over to San Francisco to play this game. I think the Warriors are ready to flex their muscles and flex their muscles against a really bad team. So I'm not afraid of it. I'll lock them up at 13 and a half. For my dog. I didn't really like many dogs on the card, but then again, you kind of have to gamble on injuries for some of these teams, like the Spurs, if DeJounte was playing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Trey, mm-hmm. Uh, the Hawks, if Trey was playing, maybe. I'm going to fade him again. But, I'm going to yeah. fade him again. I'm going to fade him again. The Raptors. Okay. I'm going to take the Bulls. The Bulls is my dog. If the Raptors won this game, I promise you I'll put a total in for them to make the playoffs because there's nothing stopping them from making the playoffs. Because yeah, they're obviously much. telling me that they can play these guys 40 minutes a night for the rest of the season and continue to win games. The All-Star break is going to be the savior of this team. By the way, right now, the Raptors are plus 100 to make the playoffs. You're we both think they're one. getting in. So Yes. yeah, I really should put a, a bet in that now. But yeah, If you lose tonight, be... you can bet it to win back. Yeah, so I want the Bulls. The Raptors are playing way too fucking too many fucking minutes, man. This is way too many fucking minutes. And the Bulls are actually a good team. They're shitty defensively right now. I'm not going to lie. And that is a very major concern. But I do think the Bulls can put up 120 points. Even on a good defense, I think they can get to 120 points. Whereas I'm not 100% certain that in regulation that the Raptors can get there consistently. So I will take the Bulls here in this spot. All right. That's the end of the show. A reminder, again, for the contest, make sure you join the contest. Leave us a rating and review. Screenshot that and tweet it to us at SGPNNBA. You ever get your uh, jazz jersey, by the way? No, so I haven't gotten it yet. However, I have been looking at, like, styles and just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what styles I'm going to get, and then I'm going to get that customized. Okay. I, I'm thinking a throwback. I'm thinking a throwback jersey because I really do kind of like their throwback jerseys. With but the jersey is 100% coming. Yes, Villanreal is on the back. Yes, 100%. All right. Everybody, the time has come. We didn't talk your head off completely this episode. Pretty decent timing, so we're doing well there. i just like to remind everybody, good luck on your bets. Have best of luck in everything. Keep it P. Remember pushing P at all times. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to end the podcast, but I think I'm just going to end it with We Are Out. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it.